2022 is here, and so are we. Combo Nation, what up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 329 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune into Combo's Court. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, you probably see the updated logo. We're revamped on there. We're up and ready to go to work on the Apple Podcast app. You probably noticed that if that's where you listen to the show. And on that app, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on the follow button. Today's show, Justin Andrews of the Mind Pump Podcast joins in to talk fitness, isometrics, recovery, hot cold therapy, and more. A fantastic conversation with Justin. You can find Justin on Instagram at Mind Pump Justin, that's M-I-N-D-P-U-M-P-J-U-S-T-I-N. If you watch fitness-related content on YouTube, you've probably ran into one of Justin's videos or podcasts with his two co-hosts, a fantastic podcast, the Mind Pump Podcast. Go check it out. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo, that's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Justin Andrews, co-host of the Mind Pump Podcast. Welcome to Combos Court, man. How are you feeling today? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here. What's up, man? What's going on? Everything's good. For the people who do watch fitness content on YouTube, they're probably going to run into one of your videos or one of your podcasts. But for those that don't know, um, what was the reason for starting the pod? And tell me more about the podcast. Yeah, so we're just a bunch of fitness trainers by trade. Um, We've been in the industry for well over a decade individually. And it's just kind of by chance that we all met together. I worked with Adam for a good five, six years previous to that at 24 Hour Fitness. And we all share that in common, me, Sal, and Adam both. Um, Doug was one of um, Sal's clients that he trained. And he actually was the last component we needed to create the podcast because he had the background uh, with with audio and uh, was able to help kind of get us up and running. Producer engineer, I would say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I would yeah. say he, he kind of did it as a hobby, but uh, that was one of those things that uh, we didn't know. Each one of us had kind of unique skill sets until we started to kind of work together and figure all these things out. Um, but really the initial um, motivation behind it was to kind of drive traffic to each one of our businesses individually. Uh, and we just shared so much in common that we had so much fun just talking about what's going on with the fitness industry and why everybody was getting it wrong and why we always had to basically um, tell all of our clients completely the opposite of what they've heard in mainstream media. So um, a lot of it was just really us trying to filter out a lot of bad information that's out there and try to get people on the right track and show them that it's simple. It's not easy, 
but it's simple. And, um, you know, there's, there's a smart way to do this. So uh, it was just about dispelling a lot of those myths and uh, people really responded to that. And then we kind of figured that, Hey, I guess this is the thing. Like I, I was working on all these other businesses, but this is the one thing that people were just really responding to. So that just, it just kind of happened like that. Most definitely, you mentioned the word myth. So what's the biggest myth or misconception about the fitness industry, would you say? Well, there's a lot of um, hype, uh, I guess, that uh, people will see out there with infomercials. And um, there's lots of ways people approach weight loss is a big category. Yeah. The drives us crazy and is, is cringeworthy. And you see shows out there like Biggest Loser, you see big um, franchises out there like CrossFit. You see a lot of different ways that people are trying to address a lot of these real issues with everyday average people. And just all these different approaches just don't work very well with your everyday average person. Um, you don't really need to apply that much intensity to your workouts, uh, for one. You don't need to starve yourself uh, to get to your goal. You don't need to do a lot of these things that are really unsustainable um, and, and, and punish yourself along the way and hate yourself to get there. So uh, a lot of these messages, the underlying root of that is basically that uh, you should hate you know, yourself and you should get better uh, and instead of really just kind of tackling. It's almost these- toxic, right? It's very toxic. Yeah. It's, it's a very negative message. Uh, and yeah. I, I, honestly, I, don't, I don't really think that a lot of these fitness influencers or, or brands really think that uh, they're doing any harm with it. It sounds like they're trying to help people, but this negative message is really hasn't worked. And you see the state where we're at with the amount of people that are obese and, and childhood obesity is on the rise. And there's like all these problems still persist. So all these ways we've tried to approach it forever just haven't been working. So we're, we're trying to introduce a new kind of more uh, level-headed approach to this and, and have people understand that there's a right dose and it's dose dependent and it's an individual thing. Uh, and to be able to find that work with a coach and be educated and work your way through a lot of these challenges uh, is, a lot, is a lot better and more sustainable approach. Justin, obviously you and your co-host are tremendously knowledgeable. Would you say you're the most athletic performance focused out of the three? Yeah, I, I would say that. I mean, that was my specialty. I, I definitely gravitated more to sports yeah. growing up. That was my passion. And a lot of my training revolved around that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that kind of bled through in a lot of the ways that I initially tried to train just your everyday average person. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it worked to my benefit. A lot of times it didn't. I had to kind of figure out, um, you know, why there was differences with people and why they couldn't just see what I was doing and then not replicate it. And, you know, what, where the dysfunction was there. Um, but, yeah, I... I really enjoy training athletes. Uh, I, I, I enjoy performance specifically because yeah. I like to see, I like to see tangible results. I like to see my training now apply towards uh, my pursuits and, and see that all, um, you know, benefit what I'm doing out on the field. Uh, so I, I, I used to love the off season. That was like my favorite because I could put the work in and uh, see how that all benefited me come season. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I'm, I'm more the athletic minded one of the group, more performance driven, more movement focused. Um, and you know, weight loss is just sort of a very common thing with 
yes. most applicable. So I tend yes. to, you know, I dealt with that a lot in my career. So I'm pretty versed in that, but the, the bodybuilding side, I kind of leave to the other guys, <laughs> you know? Like, so, um, yeah. So let's stay on athletic performance. What's, uh, what's one thing you believe about athletic performance that others might find crazy? Did I believe about athletic performance? Yeah. A routine and exercise, um, a mindset, you know, that you believe is beneficial that others might think, well, you're crazy, man. You're crazy, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny because it's a different, it's a different mode, I think. Uh, and I, yeah. I've experienced this, especially with contact sports. Okay. Uh, I played rugby, I played football. Um, and uh, basically anything where I could like smash my body into somebody. Um, I was a big fan of that. So I'm a basketball guy. We're a little less physical, but it's still really physical, you know, in the same sense. <laughs> I mean, you, you could be, you could be underneath the hoop bang yeah. and elbows. And, I mean, I did that when I played basketball too. That was a favorite <laughs> okay. of mine. I was probably the one that they brought in, you know, to, to get all the fouls and bruise them up and then send me back on the bench. So, um, in, in terms of like getting in the right mindset for that type of activity, like I looked I looked at it as almost, almost like I was preparing for battle. I was preparing for war. And so a lot of my motivation came from a dark place. Uh, mm -hmm. And the guys give me grief about this. I kind of talked about it on the podcast a little bit um, because I didn't relate very much with these kids that I was coaching uh, for football uh, because I, I felt that um, – a lot of the struggle, a lot of the hardships that like we experienced when I played, um, it's, it's a different, it's different now. There's a different sort of um, challenge. Uh, and so for me, I was able to kind of take a lot of the bullies and a lot of the people that picked on me and, you know, all those things and turn it into fuel and, and then um, release that and, and sort of the person in front of me would feel that, uh, <laughs> you know, like it's a rough sport. You're, you, you're either gonna get you're either gonna get taken out or you're gonna take somebody out and there's no in between so yeah. it's it's kind of a hard sport to just you know rely on your athleticism to get you through uh especially when you play defense so anyways it's 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 not a popular opinion or a, a mindset that I, I don't really like try to kind of push that on anybody but i know that that was like something i learned how to it works for you school. yeah it worked for me yeah so, yeah Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> nah, great answer. Great answer. Okay. So I was a guy that was always stretching, you know, to the point where people were like, you know, talking crap when I was like, I've been really focused on flexibility throughout my whole career with something, you know, people, my teammates used to talk smack about whatever, but how would you explain the difference between mobility and flexibility? So flexibility is something you got to consider, not just range of motion. Range of motion is great to get to a certain point where, um, you can place your body in positions, but do you have strength in that position? Do you own mm -hmm. that position? Um, there's a difference there. And, and I guess the major difference there is, you know, stretching uh, in terms of how I would define it is more passive than active. And mobility is being active in that range of motion. So that way, when you're in a, a situation where, let's say, you know, you're, <clears throat> you're, you've twisted your body, your, your, your arm is all the way back, um, and you need to now be able to uh, get the strength to kind of pull you out of that position and then respond uh, and react. Um, that's where mobility comes in because mobility helps you kind of focus on being able to generate force 
in any of those uh, positions that you place your body into. Uh, so it's, it's really important for athletes, especially to consider. Um, and that's something that I was on this sort of crusade uh, towards the, the latter end of my career of really just focusing, especially with my high end athletes who have already put the strength work in, they've already yeah. put the power work in, they're at their like ultimate peak. The game now is longevity. How long can you extend your career? How long can you perform at that high of a level? Well, mobility is a humongous factor in that in terms of recoverability, in terms of, you know, keeping the joints healthy and supported and stable. Um, and, you know, being able to <clears throat> withstand all the force that you're going to generate uh, because you're stronger. So here's the thing. You think that by gaining all this strength and power, uh, everything is going to work out better, right? Uh, so now you got all this strength and power. Uh, do you, and if there's any kind of instability or weakness in the joint, what do you think is going to happen? You'll get hurt. Yeah, you, yeah you'll get hurt. Inevitably, yeah. something's going to give, right? So yeah. the force has to be able to leak. It's going to find the weakest link, yeah. and it's going to close it. Um, and so if, if athletes were to think of it more as a performance enhancement instead of just something that they willy-nilly do for warm-up or you know, for injury prevention – I think that it would be more popular and it'd be something that would really benefit athletes even further. So uh, I highly suggest, you know, that, that they consider that as part of their programming. Most definitely. Um, I've been, I've been using cold showers for a long time on and off. I'm back on it. Uh, what are your thoughts on hot therapy, cold therapy, and how much could this be uh, conducive for just recovering the body in general in, in your estimation? And has there been studies on it that you know about? Yeah, there's been a few studies about heat shock, cold shock proteins, and uh, I know Dr. Rhonda Patrick talks about this quite a bit. Um, in terms of recoverability, it, it all depends. I think like one thing that's beneficial towards it is um, you just you're, you're better acclimated to your environment. So what we do a lot of times is we turn the AC on, we make sure our room is at a certain temperature all the time. We're in our car with the same temperature. Um, and we try to keep our climate around us relatively consistent. Uh, and we don't expose ourselves to different changes in, in temperature and, and environment. Uh, and when you expose yourself to these things and, and your body's, you know, more acclimated to these types of uh, variables that come through, you're less likely to be influenced by them and your uh, immune system doesn't uh, suffer as a result of them as well. And also, you know, your body doesn't like promote this, this state of inflammation. Um, so, you know, that's, that's part of it. And just, you know, training the body to, to be able to uh, calm down is a huge part of the recovery process. So, you know, the, the quicker that we can get into that passive state, um, you know, that we can speed up the recovery process and tell our body that this is now the priority. Uh, so that's something that I've, I've found that, you know, ice baths are, are great for that sometimes uh, when we need to lower inflammation and we need to get, you know, uh, better acclimated to our environment. But also, I think that um, it's just it's just a good practice in general to, you know, be able to <clears throat> account for a lot more variables when you have a game or something where uh, it's super humid, it's super cold, it's, you know, there's there's wind element to it, it's wet. Yeah, uh, you want to be able to expose yourself to all the elements 
uh, so that way you still are able to perform at a high level. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Grover, but the biggest difference from his first book to his second book, I noticed was the amount of isolation holds. So isometrics, um, how beneficial is it to develop explosiveness? Okay. Think of isometrics. So this is the one portion of a muscle contraction where, um, you're either pressed against an immovable object or, you know, you're pulling an immovable object or you're just, you know, creating that force and generating that force intrinsically. Um, and so you're holding a position, but you're now you're squeezing your muscles and, and you're getting that tension as much as possible. Now, this does build muscle. This is a part of building muscle, but really the main benefit is that you're able to generate more force. So think about that in terms of uh, what that, you can apply that force and you can direct that force. Force is, is, the ability to now direct that into a movement which generates more strength, more power. So um, to be able to kind of hold a position, like let's say, you know, you're at the bottom of your squat where you're at the weakest part of the lift where you need the yeah. most help, uh, to be able to pause there and squeeze and try and generate more force in that position specifically, it's going to help you to dig out of the hole. It's going to help you to, you know, be able to recruit more muscle fibers and activate your central nervous system more uh, to respond. So it applies more force specifically in that position. So the cool part about isometrics is that you can really kind of laser in on some of those um, types of movements in and break it into pieces uh, to, to address certain weak links in that movement. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a great way to generate more force, which then translates into the overall movement. So in terms of tempo rep ranges, what is most beneficial for developing explosiveness? Yeah, so in terms of explosiveness, you wanna keep those reps down um, and you wanna make them quality. Every single rep needs to be quality. So I would actually prefer that, um, you know, athletes I train would actually rest a bit longer than, um, say, you know, they're, they're, you know, used to. So yeah. that way each one has so much more intention going into it. So when you, when you talk about power, that's the pinnacle of your, your, your training program. Um, this is where we're now we need everything to work together harmoniously at its ultimate uh, highest level. And to be able to generate force, uh, the amount of force to produce a lot of these movements with that type of speed uh, requires ultimate concentration and, and everything to work in unison. So um, if, you, if you respect it and you, and you take each rep as its own individual rep, um, that would be my mindset uh, towards it. So a, a good example of that would be our uh, box jumps. And this is something I see abused and misused all the time uh, a lot of athletes use that in order to get through reps or to use it as a conditioning tool, uh, which I think is to their detriment. What are you doing? You're creating bad patterns. Okay. You, you, you're setting your, your body up to respond in a way that uh, is less desirable uh, when you're out there performing. What you want to do is to slow down and be able to generate as much force as possible and control your body at a high level. So that way your body responds that way. Okay. So yeah. everything you're doing is you're teaching your body how to respond. Um, and so if you think of that, when you're in the training, you know, environment, 
that's really where we're training our body to respond that way. So that way when we're out in the field competing and it's in our subconscious, you're reacting that way. Um, so, and I, and I think that's something that I try to kind of pass on and convey, but um, yeah, I still see it all the time. All these power moves just getting used for uh, fatiguing uh, their athletes. Yeah. Best lifts for straight up sprint speed. Best lifts for straight up sprint speed. Get those legs strong. Um, and that's the first thing. I mean, whether it's deadlifts, whether it's like trap bar deadlifts, um, whether it's, uh, you know, deep squats. Um, I, I like sled drives. Uh, for this, I know Joe. I love hill sprints. A, That's my thing. Hill sprints are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love hill sprints. Uh, yeah, once I get to that explosive, uh, I think that's that's preferable to me because you're putting less damage on the joints, yeah. uh, and also you're able to kind of move at your really high uh, velocity there, uh, and and you're you're building in sort of that stride. Now going downhill, that's another story. Uh, you know, you have to be careful with that. But yeah, I, ne I never really tried the downhill sprints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's where we get into decelerating, right? So uh, it is a part of the process, and you know, you could break up running and sprinting as its own monster completely. Uh, but really, I mean, it amounts to to being able to uh, have really strong legs, have uh, powerful hips and uh have have that response have a connected core so you know everything can kind of respond in unison uh so your upper body's involved as well uh but yeah I, I love hill sprints and and you know i've done the whole running in water thing too and i used to work with a uh with a a, a team out of Is there uh, benefits this... to plyometrics and trying to sprint in water and um i look at it as a good way for resistance and alternative just like you would with parachutes uh, in yeah. terms of like adding resistance to your, your mechanics, as long as your mechanics are good in the pool and it's not just, you know, uh, applied willy nilly. But um, I, I found it interesting because I, I trained with this, this junior college track team when I was trying to get faster for football. Uh, and there was some carryover there uh, from running in the pool and also running with a parachute to now, kind of increasing my uh, or decreasing my start time and then also increasing my stride. So um, there was some carry over there. Yeah. I mean, uh, you've gained so much knowledge over the years training others. What advice would you give to your 20 year old self knowing what you know now? Um, I wish, I wish I knew what I knew now, obviously. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Anything specific? Yeah, that's like all in hindsight. But yeah, I, I probably would have spent a lot more time on, on the, like the actual quality of reps. Mm. Um, I think yeah. I was in that mentality of, of basically try my hardest to do the hardest workouts possible and max out every time. So I was, I was on that trap of, of maxing out all of my lifts and going as intense as I possibly could, thinking that, you know, that was going to produce the highest version of myself when now I know that there's, a, there's the correct dose for ad adapting to that versus me just healing. So adaptation versus healing. There's two different pursuits. So I can, I can throw the kitchen sink at my body, but now I have a few days where I'm just healing and recovering 
but I'm not moving forward. I'm just basically spinning my tires. So um, that's something that I had to learn later on where, uh, you know, the recovery process itself and also applying the right amount of intensity actually catapulted me even further with doing less work. Yeah, the recovery process is like, I feel like there's debate over, right? Because obviously you have to work and then take a rest to see the results. But then there's some people who think you'll just adapt no matter what you do. There are people that believe that. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of that? Like they're just going to adapt to everything. Uh, <laughs> it's not scientifically sound. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah actually I, I would agree. I mean, like, like, I think like for me, like if I ramp up, if I ramp up, let's say like when I was playing overseas, there was a game once a week. I would ramp up early in the week and slow down. And that's when I would feel the best, like towards the end of the week. And that's when I would feel the best. So I feel like right. there's definitely benefited recovery, you know? Oh, yeah. No, there's here's the thing. And, and this is the message why I'm, I'm bringing that up, because like this is the athlete mentality, right, is to take it all on. Um, to, to work through all the obstacles, to feel no pain, no pain, yeah. no gain, you know, all of those things. I grew up, you know, with that mantra for everything. Um, and there's just, a, there's just a smarter way to do it. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Because, yeah, and based on genetics and based on, um, you know, your body's just ability to, uh, you know, move forward in spite of what you're presenting it, you know, there's those outliers that are just going to, you can yeah. throw everything at them and they're going to do fine. Um, but in terms of like, what's, what's the most sound advice for your average person who's an athlete who wants to get better and keep building upon that, um, it's, it's all dose dependent. It's something that you need to figure out uh, how your body responds and then, you know, how to tweak and adjust uh, and modify uh, so that way you keep moving forward and you don't keep spinning your tires. What was that, Justin, what have you been working on in the weight room before we get out of here? What's your, what's been your focus lately? You know, I'm coming back to the functional side of things. I was okay. uh, influenced a bit by my, my co-hosts. They got what they got, they got, they tried to turn you into a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> They're always trying to do that. I'm telling you. And then the fans all chime in. They're all trying to give you these stupid challenges where you're getting down to like a six pack and all that. I don't care about any of that, dude. Like, I just want to get back to moving with, uh, you know, fluid movement and feeling good, feeling athletic. And so I could get out there and throw the football and maybe, uh, you know, sign up for a rec league for basketball. And, okay. You know, do, do the weekend warrior thing a bit. Uh, but make sure like everything's healthy and, you know, I'm 42 years old, so okay. uh, it's a different body I'm dealing with, but you know what? It still moves and it's still powerful. I just got to keep it going. But yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten, I, I just got back to a lot of multi-planar type of exercises and I'm trying to, trying to really kind of get back into the athletic mindset uh, in the gym. Justin, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, keep up the great work with the podcast. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me at Mind Pump Justin on, on Instagram. Uh, follow our Mind Pump Media page as well. We got a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, and then anything else that we have in terms of guides or uh, free stuff, we go to mindpumpfree.com and then Mind Pump Media. Uh, dot com has all of the rest of the stuff you can find about us and all our show notes and all that kind of stuff great stuff you're always welcome back on the show and talk soon right on thanks for having me on man 
There it is, another episode of Combos Court. Big shouts to Justin for joining in. We appreciate you, and thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. In 2022, I want to hear your feedback, so rate and review the show wherever you listen to Combos Court. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating and a comment. Would greatly appreciate it. Also, share this episode with a friend. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories, and tag me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 330. Combo out.